Hello there, I'm Bar Ruven. I'm the co-founder of the CAT 669 Alumni Association and the Executive Vice President of Development for the American Friends of Unit 669, a.k.a. AFU-669. In addition to my unit work, I'm an entrepreneur. I sold my first startup called Mishlochov a few years ago, and I'm now the co-founder and CEO of Dishare. And I'm Dr. Jonathan Pfeffer. I'm an innovation and mentoring expert. I help U.S. and Israeli startups and multinationals design and implement their innovation strategy. I'm a mentor and judge at Harvard's Innovation Lab and a mentoring supervisor at the CAT 669 Alumni Association, among others. Lastly, I also teach innovation management at Reichman University here in Israel in Herzliya. Our guest today served as a Comet Rescue Soldier at the unit. He participated as a mentee in one of our organization's mentoring programs. He's an entrepreneur and an expert in building communities and teaching others how to maximize their network in the most effective way. Mike Zilberg, thanks for joining us. Hey guys, so great to be here. Uh, yeah, Jonathan, I met you in the mentee program, which actually was my stepping stone to becoming an entrepreneur. Uh, my ex-girlfriend would say I'm a entrepreneur, not an <laughs> entrepreneur, because I would talk about entrepreneurship. I was part of WeWork. I was mm -hmm. part of uh, the largest company that does uh, financial management for startups. So I worked with hundreds of startups and talked about entrepreneurs and help build entrepreneurship programs or facilitate them, but never, you know, and whenever I did entrepreneurship, it was very mm -hmm. micro and very tried to start it, but like I never really did the big leap of taking like the huge risk of no income mm. and 100% entrepreneurship, and that's, that's a scary part. Well, then, you, but then after the uh, mentoring program, yeah, you that's actually, steps, it, it right? was, I was there in a, in a junction and I had an amazing mentor, which actually is not originally from the unit, but I think you mm -hmm. really uh, should be awarded a, a honorary combatant. Well, let's give uh, him some credit. What? Uh, Asafar Bell. Asafar Bell, Bell, amazing yeah. Asafar Bell. But by the way, it's funny that, you know, the, the, the mentor followed the mentee. He was then the VP sales of a, of a, of a startup. Mm -hmm. And for all his life, for about 20 plus years in his career, he was always working for 25 years. He was working for somebody mm -hmm. else. And about a year after I became uh, an entrepreneur, he, he became an entrepreneur himself. See, which is and he wrote a, a book, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, he wrote, he wrote a, book. a book. He's he's a consultant. He's opening his oh. group. Actually, after uh, because he's built something that's very viral and very on the social media and started mm -hmm. writing on, mm -hmm. uh, in in social media. So I became a bit of a coach for him to help oh, him go into the wonderful. world of social media. That's what I always tell our mentors in the mentoring program. I'm plugging in the mentoring program right now, so everyone joins. <laughs> that uh, the mentors, uh, it's not totally. I don't believe that it should be totally altruistic. I believe there should be a win-win situation where they, where, they, where they gain back from, from giving to the mentees. And it's a wonderful example. Yep. No, you think get back even more than that, even though Asaf didn't look for it or stuff. But I had, I think about a year ago, another junction in the company when I wanted to do another leap in the organization and grow and had a lot of struggles. And I took him as a paid consultant. Amazing. I did about oh. a few uh, bank hours with him, and he still helps me when I need to. Okay, so this is not the first question we wanted to talk about, but <laughs> you already you already answered that you are still in touch, of and uh, it was uh, the the mentoring program uh, made a huge impact mm -hmm. on your life. For seems sure. like right? Yeah, relationship wise, uh, you know, inspiration during that leap. Listen, it's very easy to show it with a good KPI and OKR. <laughs> um, when I joined the the program you know we do the cycle of life yeah. like where do you think in all your parts mm -hmm. like in career-wise so i was single um uh, in a career in a career process that looked very vague um still working for other people um living in a very small apartment <laughs> uh, 
And today uh, I live with a beautiful woman uh, entrepreneur, which actually became wow. an entrepreneur in the same time <laughs> with me. Uh, we have two beautiful kids and wow. we have great uh, inspirational works. Like I love building community and it's part of my love working with entrepreneurs and startups. And she has her own startup that's uh, solving the single-use plastic while oh, eliminating wow. single-use plastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, we should raised, invite her to an I episode. can't say everything about the, raise, the last round, but she raised a few good million dollars and growing wow. really quickly. And we have a beautiful house in Tel Aviv uh, with a nice garden and <laughs> everything's great. You know, I think, like you said, that it's two-sided, but I was also... I think I'm very coachable. Like, and <laughs> I think that's the most important thing. You can't come to a program and say, okay... Come give it to me. Give me the solutions. <laughs> like to do these kinds of leaps, it's, you know, like communities. It's, we're only the facilitators. If you don't bring your own load of energy, willingness, and, and yeah, and some core abilities that some are there and some need to be working on. And also the willingness and acceptance of you can't get everything. Mm-hmm. You need to focus. You need to say, no, this I'm not doing and this I'm not doing. And I think that's the biggest um, it should be the easiest, but it's the hardest to most people just, you know, saying no to many things and mm-hmm. focusing on one thing to go forward and, you know, writing down your objectives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we have a few um, entities that came back a year after that. Right, to a well, second group. Yeah, I know, to a second, actually, even third. Yeah, <laughs> me too, by the way. Are yeah. included, right? Yeah, yeah right, we right. two cohorts. The second and, and the last one. Yeah, actually, right, there's a correct. statistic um, in mentoring research that... Um, you are twice as likely to achieve your goals if you share them with a mentor than compared to a control group mm. that didn't share with a mentor. So uh, it's amazing that you said the, the circle of life and um, all the stuff. Uh, by the way, for. mentor stories, so it's not our mentor story, but there's the Air Force menti- ment- uh, mentorship program, which I think is one year behind us, mm-hmm. even though they're like the Air Force. Uh, and I went to the second group and actually, uh, you know, I just had a really match that was, it was after I did the one mm-hmm. uh, with you guys. So I did another program, a different program, and it wasn't good. <sighs> the year before I went and I told them that also my wife wants and they postponed me for a year and took her in the year really? before. <laughs> the guy who was her mentor became her first angel investor and CEO for wow. two years wow. and helped her really build Amazing the company. Amazing story. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Well, you know what? I want to move from from the mentoring you, to um, to communities because uh, okay. uh, you said somewhere there that there were some corollaries between being mentored uh, and doing mentoring and being a mentee and your work uh, helping with um, founding communities. So totally. The beauty about communities, everybody's fascinated about them if anybody wants to build them. But they have to understand that community is all about, first of all, giving. And it's really mm-hmm. hard because and, and not exactly understanding what you're going to get back. And I think mentorship programs are very much mm-hmm. like that. You know, when you invest in a stock, you want to see a 10% or you... The, the what's in it for me question. That's the... What? The what's, what's in it for me. Yeah, exactly. And you have to be willing to accept that you don't know exactly what and if at all, you'll get something back. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and even with, with uh, venture capital... Uh, Moshe Hogeg once came to a WeWork I ran and said, listen, we're not venture capital. We're like uh, secure capital. We try mm-hmm. to do everything to do that we get back our money. You know, mm-hmm. we ch- yeah. Like we do everything to, so, it doesn't, so it's not too adventurous. <laughs> so um, I think was investing, in, whenever I help an organization that wants to or 
thinks he wants to build a community, I tell to them, listen, you have to understand that building community is like building a startup within a startup or hmm. a startup within your organization. It's, it's a venture that you know how it starts. You don't know how it's going to work. You have to have patience. You have to have time to build it. By the way, it's part of why uh, I created other services that are much more lightweight mm-hmm. uh, in order to build the things or reach the goals that you can reach with communities. We'll talk about it maybe in a few seconds, but you see it also in startup world when today companies understand large organizations that with their DNA, they cannot build a startup within and they should invest in other startups. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's what I've said. It's called CR, community relations, how to mm-hmm. invest in other communities mm-hmm. and build relations ah. instead of trying to build your own within your organization. Okay, that's very interesting. Let's, let's unpack this, though, one step at a time. Yeah. I, I want to dive into the <sighs> CR thing, but let's, let's, for the sake yeah. of the listeners, let's unpack it one, one step at a time. Community, mm-hmm. right? It's kind of like, you know, in my, in my field, innovation is a buzzword, right? So mm-hmm. w- what is it exactly, community? So thank you for asking that question. <laughs> uh, it's actually, w- the way I started was um, actually by many, without understanding, got a community role, which was a community manager at WeWork. Without even understanding it, I've been doing things that were very like community, which basically is facilitation mm-hmm. uh, in other places. You know, getting people together and making them do something and create something together. And whenever today I go to lectures, I have this uh, party trick I do and ask people, so what is a community? And what would you say if I would do that here? What's a community for you, Bar? A um, group of people that believe in the same thing, maybe. Jonathan? A group of people that exchange value. So, so you're more evolved, but most of the people, people with a common ground and stops there somewhere. And they would be right academically because that's the definition in most of the academic books. Mm-hmm. But when I finished um, my role as business director, um, director of business development and community at Bookskeret, I started an event and brought 500 people from 50 countries to create wow. something called the ISCL Summit, International Startup Community Leaders. And we had 54 speakers Uh, the speakers were from five different continents, 19 wow. uh, different nationalities. And, you know, everybody was saying community, 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 but nobody really mm-hmm. managed to break it down. They told stories about their community, about what they do, but couldn't break it down. And one of the biggest contributors was Startup Nation Central. And mm-hmm. after I did that event, I said, okay, I need more projects. So instead of waiting for projects of selling community, I invented projects and I went to them. And I said, listen, You are mapping the ecosystem and mm-hmm. you map founders and you map startups and you map uh, investors and R&D centers. But what about communities? They're like the networking assets right. that's happening here. And said, you're right. That's really important. And said, you know, so maybe we should do a project. Said, great <laughs> idea. Said, mm-hmm. But listen, for first, we have to understand and create a terminal. Said, great. So I created a huge proposal that they took on for, with three stages. It was a huge three-year project. The first year was just mapping and finding 500 tech communities in Israel wow. and breaking them down, building the terminology. The second part was building a product with their product team. And then once we launched it, facilitating the information inside. And when we did the first part, we had to come to that question, like, what is a community? What goes mm-hmm. into the index mm-hmm. and what doesn't go into the index? And... Trying to crack that question of what is a community, understand that you can't answer that question so simply. You have to break it down to two parts. Mm-hmm. What's a community and what is communal? Mm-hmm. Many people see mm-hmm. a community or a group or whatever right. and say, oh, it's not really a community. And that's what they talk about, what's communal or not. And when I went to study about communities in the U.S., 
I was on a great talk about the power of moments, about peak moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Cheap and Hith? Mm-hmm. So they wrote the stickiness book and then they wrote the power of moments. And that was a really impact for me about understanding it. And what did I understand? That community is, is if you talk about the fundamentals of community, it's more of just, you know, similar beliefs or common mm-hmm. ground or stuff like that. It's a common ground that's either beliefs, needs, passions, you know, shared experience. 669 is a great experience mm-hmm. of a, what I call an artificial community. Mm-hmm. You come in with different needs, different desires, different backgrounds, and you leave mm-hmm. out of this fusion yep. pot something with so many uh, things that we can relate and have common needs, common desires, and common experiences that can make us collaborate as a community much better. That's the first thing. The second thing is actually a common space, which is called in, in the professional world commons. Commons is areas like if you have a WeWork, mm-hmm. so the space where the shared kitchen, where everybody meets and collaborates, that's commons. Mm-hmm. And that's a shared space that's owned by everybody and everybody meets. So that's the second most important thing of the fundamentals. Mm-hmm. And the third part is facilitation. Facilitation can be something that's either formal Or it can be informal. It can be something that's just like a popcorn, like, oh, today I'm taking, or hey, guys, mm-hmm. let's do this, let's do that. But it's many of the times you see the leaders stick, um, you know, shine, and they get more leadership roles and more power from the community, and they become the, the informal leaders of the group. But many times mm-hmm. there's somebody that's an admin, you know, with mm-hmm. places like Facebook or LinkedIn, if it's a social network, you have a badge that shows very clearly who's right. uh, the main facilitator, but you see moderators and informal moderators in the group moving the talk. But that's like a whole lecture about facilitation <laughs> and ladder of participation. Now, that's the basic of community, but you have a lot of communities that are just networks or communities who are just groups mm-hmm. and facilitate a lot of people, but they don't have a communal mm-hmm. yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where I took the world of the power of moments And they talk about peaks. They define different moments, say, what's a peak moment? And the peak moment is what we want to see. Mm-hmm. And in community, I understood there's five peaks. It doesn't have to happen like once after each other, but many times you see it happening in this order. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't happen in this order because many times you have communities with already the peaks built mm-hmm. in them, mm-hmm. like with 669 alumni. Yeah. So the first peak is actually what I called PLM, people like me or shared identity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do you create the PLM? How do you create me in, in bar if I say, woo-hoo, he knows <laughs> what I'm doing. He yeah. knows the sound of... Wait, tell, tell the listeners. Right exactly. <laughs> that's, you know, when you're a young soldier and you're running and you don't have an energy and you feel you have, that's it, you're going to just fall down with all the stretches on your back and 50 kilos weight. And suddenly you hear some other people around streaming that noise. You know, you get power yeah. of the group of like an animal. <laughs> the energy call. You start call. running. Uh, you should see uh, Bar's face at this moment when uh, <laughs> he did that. He lit up and uh, started smiling. And, and look what I did. Look about the energy that when you have a strong PLM, what happens in a group. Mm-hmm. People with mm-hmm. that shared rituals or understanding of each other. People understand me. It empowers me that other people mm-hmm. understand me and what I'm thinking and what I'm going through and what I need or what's mm-hmm. my passion. Mm-hmm. Now, when you think about PLM, people like me, it's also people like me. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, the need to be loved yep. is such a strong need. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's the basic thing you want to create and the peaks you want to create. And again, community peak, like everything, like, you know, training for an exercise. You can't just, you know, exercise. Okay, I'm pumped and that's it. Every week you have to go to the gym. Mm-hmm. You have to create these peaks again and again and again and keep the community fit and strong. And, you know, it has to grow. The thing is with a community, I always say it's like a nuclear reactor. It's all about, you know, we have to push and create the energy that will 
energize itself. Mm-hmm. You can't keep right. doing like a marketing campaign and pushing, you know, uh, what they call linear energy. You put mm-hmm. $100 in a campaign right. and mm-hmm. you get 20 leads. Mm-hmm. It has to be something that you put $100, but you put it a time again, 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 again. And after six months, nine months, you suddenly see the community members putting their own energy in. Right. And that's what creates so the strong thing. That was a, was, a, was a question that I wanted to ask about, do you think that... Um, You have to have a facilitator to, uh, to build a community or the community can be built by itself. So you know what's by itself? you know Adams, um, you know the guy that invented modern econ- uh, economics talked mm-hmm. about you know the hand, the invisible hand that's right. moving economics, you know mm-hmm. the, the supply and demand. But in the end, you know th- this invisible hand that's moving supply and demand Someone. it's people. Yeah. In the end, it's people with, with uh, needs and, and desires. And all kinds of biases as humans and I say it's the same thing you know in the end every community is an economy and an economy mm-hmm. is based on communities you know without a community mm-hmm. yeah. there's no economy without us believing that you know a piece of paper or a number on your screen is worth something mm-hmm. you know you won't do anything you know you won't give equity if somebody won't send you a bank transfer mm-hmm. written with something that we believe in together without a community without a set of shared beliefs mm-hmm. we can't create an economy and that's how it's built Mm-hmm. So it happens with some kind of mysterious work, but this mysterious work is somebody that creates a supply mm-hmm. or asks for a demand. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. community supply and demand. Like somebody says, listen, I have an issue. Or I have, a, I have a client that has a group with 300,000 people. And it started, you know, because he said, okay, I can't find a job. And he opened a group called, um, <laughs> I'll just translate, you know, um, uh, needed uh, um, um, temporary jobs. Mm-hmm. Today, the group's over 300,000 people, and he wow. has d- another 20 subgroups. And, and, he, he, had a gr- and we, he built a huge company with millions of shekels revenue every year. Built on that group, he built by accident. Because mm-hmm. three years after he opened the group, it grew naturally. Right. He didn't do mm-hmm. anything. Besides, you know, yeah. he posted, invited a few people. Other people posted, like, mm-hmm. uh, job offers. And after three years, people started to spam the community. Hmm. So he closed the community for free posting. And in the next morning, he had over 200 messages in his inbox. And it was mostly from HR people saying, listen, you close our line of business. Like, we get all our lines of business from posts in your group. And suddenly he said, wow, people are making money. That's their business through my group. Maybe I can monetize that. Mm-hmm. And then he started nice. monetizing his group. So you can say it happened by accident. He did a very yeah. small miniature thing of just opening a group and saying, listen, guys, this is what I need. And other yeah. people, hey, I need that too. Let's post it together. So it, you can say it came out of thin air, but somebody had to ignite mm-hmm. that, that mm-hmm. fire. Sometimes that fire can happen with little energy, and mm-hmm. it's all about having that perfect storm of timing, of need, of the right core people yeah. around you, and also, you know, things happening around, like with yeah. every startup, right, you right, know. Right. So, uh, um, so, okay, so we, need, we, de- we do need a facilitator, um, but I want us to continue into um, the next peak. Uh, the next peak. The next peak, so yes. the next peak is, 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 is all about trust. Now, mm-hmm. again, as I said, they're building on one on each other. That's why you should usually go with the peaks and build it. And they're not just mm-hmm. take every right. peak. Okay, I'm going to go to that one. Because we know we have a tendency to trust people like us. Exactly. Right. When, yeah. when you're people like me and you build that, so you create tr- some kind of inherent trust. Mm-hmm. There's actually a very cool formula to build trust, which is um, credibility plus reliability plus intimacy divided by self-orientation. Meaning, if you... If you give strong credibility like think about great groups that grew really quickly mm-hmm. people like mm-hmm. Gary V or people who are influencers who build a community build communities really fast because there's trust in them because mm-hmm. they have credibility reliability can be also by you know having the group for a long time or me that 
uh, or anybody else that w- wasn't known until a while ago. Mm-hmm. Me, after for five years, I've been talking about community online for again and again and again. Okay, okay, this guy's probably serious. <laughs> yeah. right. I had somebody join a very expensive practicum that we were creating. He said, listen, I saw the syllabus. It's super interesting. I'm not sure it's good for me, but I saw on LinkedIn what you do, hmm. and I'm joining because I saw that, that what you yeah. did for the last five, seven years. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to build trust. And once you have trust, you can get to the first really... ROI backing uh, um, uh, peak, which is uh, sharing, mm-hmm. which is the fact that you create the next peak that you see people starting to give. Now, in Hebrew, we have a saying, <laughs> which I love the sound of it. So it's lost in translation. But the idea is that when a candle lights mm-hmm. another candle, it doesn't lose anything out of his light. Mm-hmm. And that's what we want to push in, the, in, in what I call in sharing. Meaning saying, listen, guys, what do you have that you can share for free? Yeah. Like, even if it's not totally free, right. but something that doesn't require, like we said with the group before, like almost yeah. no need or, or energy required to invest in it. In the book Hook by Nir Eyal, he mm-hmm. talks a lot about, you know, triggers yeah. and actions to ask. That's the kind of thing you want to see. Now, we won't dwell into that because I won't know you want, we have 21 <laughs> minutes and we want to go to all the peaks. So sharing is more or less un- very easy to understand. But the next one is reciprocity. <coughs> Now, what's the difference between sharing and reciprocity? Reciprocity is already like the group was mentoring. Like, I need to invest time. I need to go through mm-hmm. preparation. And I think that, you know, I don't know what I'll get back, but I'll get it somehow. Mm-hmm. And the great thing, when you have a critical mass of community, mm-hmm. you understand it's going to be a reciprocity without exactly knowing what you'll get from the community. You know it's worthwhile posting and saying, hey, guys, this is what I'm doing, because people will say, hey, I know this guy that will help you here or there, mm-hmm. or I know an investor, or I know somebody that can really you know, be a great employee for you. Mm-hmm. And that's the first peak. And the, actually, the fifth peak is a contradiction to the first one. <sighs> okay? I call it layers. And if you want to become a real strong go-to community, go-to community is a place where you want to ask more things. You need to break down the PLM to a lot of different things. Mm. Like if you think about the strong PLM of 669 of what we went through together mm-hmm. and we were combatant soldiers or people who served as part of the unit supporting the combatant soldiers or, or the efforts of the unit, you know, so we have the same language. So that's our shared story. Many times our shared needs are like going to school, mm-hmm. which is the... the, the um, Um, alum group helps us you know and gives um, scholarships. Scholarships. scholarships and stuff like that but m- after that there's other stuff you need maybe like there's a subgroup for real estate because yeah. people yeah. want to build so you have another yeah. layer of, of, of buying real estate together mm. and then you have another layer of maybe working out together mm-hmm. and the more you have layers built into that like wow we reached another thing we do together mm-hmm. another thing we do together another thing it becomes not a community but a whole ecosystem mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. of different values I can get and suddenly it becomes my go-to community mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and if you think about it communities if you do another um, um, equivalent is apps on your phone you have about 19 apps on your phone on average you use about 12. Okay? Mm-hmm. It's about communities. I'm a member of 800 groups on Facebook, okay? Wow. <laughs> on LinkedIn, by the way, it's maxed for 100. You can't be more than 100, which is great because it creates value. Like, if you want to be one, you have to leave another right. one. Scarcity. But uh, Scarcity, exactly. But, but the thing is that it's very easy to join a community. With, the thing is where are you active? And if you want to be yeah. an active, you have to reach all these, all these peaks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And to become the go-to, the one that you use all the time, the Israeli WhatsApp that everybody mm-hmm. goes to message through, you have to please that the WhatsApp can be groups for this and that and, and people that try to be too niche. Mm-hmm. It's very hard. But it's exact contradiction. If you don't start with a very clear 
value proposition, mm -hmm. people won't stick in the beginning. It's very interesting. It's a little bit similar to what uh, happens, what we know that happens in um, a product life cycle or uh, in any company where you start with a certain uh, um, maybe broad segment, but then as you get to know the, the customer better and better, you get more fine-tuned into specific needs that they mm -hmm. have, and you can fine-tune exactly, you know, this product is going to be more towards, I don't know, vegan, and these people are going for more environmentally friendly, and, and all kinds of uh, that. So th so that's that's very interesting. You know, maybe one word, uh, I know we also uh, want to talk a lot about the unit, <laughs> um, but... Um, I've had that experience, and I'm sure a lot of us have had experience, where you join a group mm -hmm. or a community, let's say a WhatsApp group or something like that, and it's very nice, but it implodes at some point. It just implodes in what way? Because um, it's very interesting. You can it take it in many ways. It becomes... Um, tedious? Uh, it becomes either tedious or toxic. The communication becomes either mm. tedious, right, or toxic, uh, and then people start to take a step back, and then you don't have the, the sharing, right? So it's like they're going back in the five peaks you talked about, right? Exactly. And that's such a strong point. And that's why, again, that's why you need a facilitator. Facilitation, facilitation. <laughs> you know, people, I had a talk with somebody that wants to join our practicum now. And she said, listen, I don't want to be a B. You know, what B word I want to say? I don't want to be a B <laughs> to people. <laughs> I'm trying to send this right, myself. Right. <laughs> and, 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 and I said, listen, the best groups are usually with community, community managers that are very strict with, with their members. And the stricter you are, the more clear the PLM, because people came for a certain value. And people want to yeah. talk about a certain value. And that's the thing about layers. You have to know when and how to layer. Mm. And that's how you do that. You see, if something's off topic, you have to yeah. very quickly yeah. show yeah. the facilitation. And if you talk about building the trust, it's not just trust between the group, it's start with trust with the managers. Mm -hmm. And when you see as a silent majority, the people, mm -hmm. right. the group facilitated, the trust increases within the group and between the group. Mm -hmm. It's always hard to do, but people would uh, appreciate it, I think. Exactly. And, yeah. and, and people, by the way, I'll tell you a great thing that we do in, in groups. We have something as part of our um, methodology called member touch. That even though, you know, people used to, oh, manage the community, create engagement. But we do member touches, which is like um, reach outs to members of the community in no context. How are you doing? Did you like our content? And like, why do you, like people are so touched by it. It doesn't yeah. just, again, double meaning. It's not mm -hmm. just we touch them and talk to them. They're touched emotionally. Wow, you just, you know, and you're not a bot. You just sent me a message <laughs> to say, how are, am I doing? And you really care about me? But the thing is, we hear about like, oh, I love how you facilitate this. Yeah. And, 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 we and that we do have like a, a canned reply about, listen, if you liked it so much, it would really have be helpful if you just like or comment. And they're like, of course, next time I'll <laughs> like or comment or, or say or say a good word to you. And they appreciate it and they saw it you just even even think about because they have so much attention, so much things happen, and nobody ever said, did you like my content? Do you care yeah. about it? Mm -hmm. You know, it would be nice if you would just like or comment mm -hmm. and not just as a post, just write it in, a, in a personal touch. And then yes. you build followers. I, I want to add something um, practical mm -hmm. to our listeners. So we understand that everyone needs a community. Every product, every startup, every company, every organization, every mm -hmm. group. So, and we understand now after almost 30 minutes, what are, uh, what is the, um, the importance of it? What are the, the best tips you can give to others, our listeners, on how to start building their community and how to do it well? Okay, so I think it's like every basic thing you have to say to an entrepreneur, you mm -hmm. have to have, you know, uh, uh, you know, breath. 
to go the long mm. distance. And you have to understand it's not something that's going to be a few months. Yeah. If you want to see, you can ask for KPIs. It's important to see different milestones. You have to create those milestones. And how do you measure it? By a number of people, a number of comments, a number so, of stickiness? So here, stickiness. It's, here it's counterintuitive. Here it's very counterintuitive. Here it's, it's and again, it's very similar to, to, to a startup. In the beginning, you want to see you have an MVP. Yeah. You don't want to see growth. A startup that grows too quickly you know, has a problem. Yeah. When I was at, at Bookskeret, I went, I would go with the CEO, I was like under the CEO. Mm. And sometimes we would go together to part of our entrepreneurs and go with them to VCs to, yeah. you know, be next to them when they talk to, because Gil, the CEO, had personal connections with those VCs. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and once uh, an entrepreneur came and said, listen, we did this project and, and we have, he works in New York and we went to 600 laundromats. It was a product <laughs> for laundromats. And, you know, and they all loved the product and signed up. And said, okay, that's great. And how many people paid and are using the <laughs> product? He said, two. <laughs> and he said, listen, I'll be honest because Gil is Wrong here. KPIs. It, it, it's not about KPIs. He said, listen, if you would tell me that you have this idea and it's a great idea and you g- would give me all the pitch of how laundromats would do it, would need it, I would invest in you. But now that I know that you went out and it doesn't work, yeah. now I'm scared. Yeah. And I think, you know... On one hand, like in lean startup, you have to get out of the building quickly, yeah. but, but you know focus on quickly just to understand and get feedback, you know mm-hmm. just and to check to it with two, three, four people, not with 600 mm-hmm. before you go and grow. And people have this tendency of measuring growth too quickly before mm-hmm. they're ready. Mm-hmm. When you start building a community, you have to start by building a core. okay? Yeah. That's the mm-hmm. gr- most yeah. important thing. Remember, the first peak is understanding the PLM. So mm-hmm. what's yeah. my PLM? What do I want to focus? And it's also about the credibility. You want to have, when you start building the next piece in growth and going to the next peak, you have to be able to create trust really quickly. Mm-hmm. And without that credibility, without that reliability, without that time frame, that's why I always really give a good, um, what I think is a good tip, you know, start your community really, really early and, you know, have very low expectations and very <laughs> narrow value in that yeah. community. Because if you show, listen, we were here for two years and giving a very narrow value, it's easy to maintain. It's easy yeah. to do. And then, listen, we've been doing this for two years. Now we're helping, the, you know, we're just giving feedback. We ask our people once a month how they care yeah. about our product. And if you come for two years and ask that small community mm-hmm. of, of uh, product community members, you know, mm-hmm. once a month, How do you think about the product or, or have yeah. a gathering once a month that'll be connected you know emotionally connected yeah. to you yeah. and then something happens and that's why you know people say listen it's not the good time we don't have the time or capacity to build yeah. community yet it's, I, I'll do it in the future you're losing something that you can't buy time yeah mm-hmm. time yeah. and reliability is something you can't buy also credibility is almost impossible to buy mm-hmm. interesting the again the the core the The similarity to at least the beginning to uh, mentoring where we spend the first two stages in, uh, in building trust and enhancing the relationship and understanding better before we get into anything tangible of like working on your developmental goals or anything like that we always tell the mentors you know spend the first few sessions just no KPIs no OKR no nothing just get to know each other feel comfortable share of, of yourself find it now in, in your parlance find your PLM and together where you have a shared identity and only then do you start digging deeper and finding those goals and concrete goals that you can then work on so mm-hmm. very interesting so I call it try an MVC minimal viable community yeah. try to mm-hmm. think what's the minimal thing a great community I'm part of called the upgraders mm-hmm. again a free translation from Hebrew but it's a group that started from a very similar need to my friend that did the one or mm-hmm. customer that uh, 300,000 people mm-hmm. and and you know she captive by 500 people. 
and there was one rule. Like, if you were part of the community, you have to post a job, like a job in, that, in certain criteria, like above this amount of pay, mm-hmm. in a good place that you appreciate, ta-ta-ta-ta-ta. And you have to post once every two months. Not a hard, not a big ask. Yeah. But the community grows so strong. And today, most of the people there are C-level people. Wow. Hmm. And, it became, and it became a go-to community because most of the people there don't need a job anymore. People just, like, there was a, 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 pip, a tipping point after three, four years that she asked, like, what do you want? Another meeting about jobs? Do you want a networking event? event this is this, this mm-hmm. or you want to meet just for fun and 64% voted just for fun <laughs> and that was a tipping point yeah. that the, she got to the peaks of layers mm-hmm. we're already ready to just do everything besides the, the, the initial mm-hmm. goal of the yeah. community because we already fulfilled it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's the beauty you know with startups today very quickly or with every business very quickly there will be other solutions other competitors mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. if you have a core connection to your core users and co- people in the audience you can pivot with them mm-hmm. instead yeah. of you know you yeah. pivoting and by the way we're well, pivoting they're engaged to the community and to you and not mm-hmm. to the specific product that's right. the and, and that's a problem people look at the community another short point about you know community you're an academic um, point there's something called the ladder of participation and in the internet culture in large networks you see it's usually 90% readers lurkers <laughs> 9% contributors and and 1% you know what we call uh, collaborators people who really create well the and there's a hidden again 1% of trolls <laughs> that, that's always but you know trolls also sometimes fun they, they create everything a bit more interesting if you know how to take it easy right, right. But, but the main point many people who try to build a community focus on the KPIs and everything on the 100% I want to grow from yeah. 500 to 1000 and say no in those 500 there's 5 people that are really really care about your product find them cultivate cult, you know mm-hmm. and cultivate those 5 people really well make them mm-hmm. into 50 mm-hmm. not to 1,000 and if you have 50 they will make it 1,000 th- not not 1,000 <laughs> again 1% they'll make them 5,000 correct right. right, right, make right. it 5,000 and not just 5,000 5,000 was the same direction because like mm. Jonathan said before mm-hmm. you know if you just grow you have people who want to yeah. say different things and yeah. want to take need the ambassador because no you just grew mm-hmm. instead of having the core bring people like them yeah. and making them people like us yeah amazing Uh, I have a hard uh, question now. The last one? Oh, the last one. Well, <sighs> one before the last one. One before. Okay. We're having too much fun. One before the last one. Connect all of this to 669, to your experience in the unit. <sighs> so, so <laughs> listen, 669 is such a unique unit in so many ways. But first of all, I think, um, you know, uh, in Hebrew, CEO is Mankal. Uh, which is abbreviation of man of, of you know general manager mm-hmm. and and in Hebrew if you say the abbreviation of, of community manager it's mankal with kuf like <laughs> so it sounds the same <laughs> and we always uh, we call it in joke like we just do it with this different one different letter and it's the same thing and you know being a uh, community manager is very much like a CEO it's being a generalist you you can't be the best marketeer or the mm-hmm. but you have to understand everything and you have to facilitate everybody and again it's about bring the right people mm-hmm. creating a vision and leading people so it's very much like being a CEO I think being a, a combat rescue uh, uh, warrior in, in 669 is very much like you jump I remember once we jumped to a rescue in the middle of the Arava of the Israeli like deep desert and 
a person fell from a tractor in a TV on his hand. We're like, what? Like, and, <laughs> and you get all kinds of misinformation and different stories. And, and you land in combated areas. And, you know, a minute before you yeah. land, shooting starts. And Just other people about attack. It in our last and episode. people come with, yeah. with a lot of information. And you have to calm everybody down <laughs> and make decisions under pressure. And you have to be, you know, and you're a medic. But you're also uh, a, a, a scuba diver. And also this. And you have to be a bit of everything in how to manage and see an overview. And I think if you look at a lot of things that people that leave the unit do, mm-hmm. many of them are community managers or, or, or facilitators in many ways. Mm-hmm. You know, you think about people from Delta Force and stuff, they're very like, yeah, we need to go this way. And they're very <laughs> narrow and one direct and very old school management. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In the new world, you, you probably heard about TEAL organizations, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So Sheshishtesha 669 is very much like a TEAL organization, like a, a you know, trust-based organization. Mm-hmm. We send yeah. cats you know, <laughs> to, to be on call somewhere and we trust that you know they'll understand more or less what to do they don't have a very clear game plan you know when mm-hmm. you're in, in in the other delta force or, or navy seals you for 30 days or 60 days do a, a model right. and simulation yeah. and then again and again and again until you perfect it with 669 you sit you have really good time you're joking <laughs> around suddenly woo, you jump and suddenly it's like a whole thing and you don't even know until you land where you're in and you need to fix everything and that's and what we are more in communities, like uh, sometimes in communities, it's like that. It's right? like that. Somebody, fine, somebody, somebody says a post, you said about toxic. Somebody right. says a toxic post, how do you manage it? How do you facilitate? <laughs> and he's shooting at you verbally. <laughs> right. Listen, right. I, had, I had a thing in Gaza Strip where my commander was buried under uh, a pile of sand, Kaluzhny. Mm-hmm. And I was a second in command. And, you know, and, and the battalion leader from the region came and I saw him getting in so shock and not knowing what to do that he went to my commander and started putting water in his face as if he's doing something something and 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 you know and narrowing his tunnel vision to right. not see like there's a hundred people around and tractors and stuff and i had to take command of everybody around mm-hmm. and and you see that happening in many situations and people just narrow their vision and don't want to look about like all the things that's happening around and we had to collaborate and thank god kalushni we took him out five minutes before there was a second collision oh, in wow. the tunnel and we actually lost uh, moshe taranto like his Rest his soul in peace. And, but that was, he was buried first. And sorry, mm-hmm. it's like... <laughs> but yeah, we had crazy times. We, we lost somebody totally buried. Kaluzhny was buried until his, his neck. And suddenly, we're alone there, in the, like on the border of Philadelphia. Uh, and, and because it was, it's so close to the border, they started also shooting above our head just to mm-hmm. do right. preventive fire. Mm-hmm. And wow. that's a story for another podcast. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Last one. Yes, right. Our magic uh, question. So mm-hmm. we, we like, well, I guess you, you, you did your homework. You listened <laughs> to a lot of our, uh, our episodes. So I guess you know where I'm going with this. But uh, a little bit of science fiction to finish the, uh, the, the, the episode. Uh, if you were to now magically transfer back in time to the day you left the IDF, mm-hmm. what would you tell your younger self? What piece of advice would you give yourself? First of all, I, I never left the idea. If I still reserve service <laughs> for 20 years, uh, and I love doing it. Um, but um, I think take it easy, man. Take it easy. <sighs> you know, not everything's so, such, so important and so big. You know, just be, you know, I remember I was so stressed when I was in the course. I was sure I wouldn't pass the course. I was sure I would get kicked out. And I never got into a committee. Like people know mm-hmm. that, like you go into a committee and then maybe, mm-hmm. and I never got into a committee. And I remember when I, got like after the 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 cat mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Um, trail or whatever we can translate <laughs> it to you know and my command said listen Mike you're really good in all the trades and stuff but you know you're a bit um, 
how should I say, חסר טקט, like, I call things as I see them, and many times it was, you're a bit Israeli, but then Israeli told you you're a bit Israeli, which means you're Uber, no, but I'm more, like, I have no barriers, I'm very authentic, okay, you know, when some, one of my good friends was kicked out, you know, after he was kicked out, I did the whole talk and the thing, like, how, like, to my commander, and I'm still in the course, like, it's not okay, he kicked out, why did you send him home, like, he was a great soldier, you guys missed out, and I was always, like, Even if it wasn't helpful, I would say what I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, people would my, in the unit in my team called Mirabak, like go through, through walls. <laughs> I would go through a wall if need be to say yeah. what I thought. And that was my, my strongest bad point. But I was so unsure about my trail. And I remember my good friend Itamar from the team. And I remember like when they began to say, Itamar, aren't you scared that you'll be kicked out? And he said, no. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you know... Peres, Shimon Peres, our mm-hmm. deceased president, you know, said that, you know, the difference between an optimist and a pessimist is, you know, the optimist is just enjoys the way more than the pessimist. They both reach more or less the same place. So be optimistic, be cool, take everything with a lot of proportion. Mm-hmm. And the more you take it easy, the more probably things will be easy and you'll be more successful. By the way, Itamar today, he's, he's not an officer. He was offered, he didn't go to be an officer. And today mm-hmm. in reserve, he's the head of... He's, he's, he's in an office. Uh, in an he's office my commander position. in reserves, yeah. 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 Wow. <laughs> okay, so uh, to everyone out there, take it easy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, and focus on the five peaks. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, With everybody. W- right. In, in yeah. the end, being a community person is a mindset. And if you're community-oriented, you're abundance-oriented. By the way, that's something that Asaf also told me. After I finished the, the, the mentorship program, I was in a program he did for 36 weeks of abundance. Every mm-hmm. week we had to talk about abundance. And, you know, that's all about that. You know, mm-hmm. just being open to the world, finding people that are with similar values, and just sharing things there. putting your things there and then you're in the cycle of reciprocity mm-hmm. and you're creating yeah. your own economy and your own abundance amazing um, I think this is the best yeah. note to, uh, to end on right yeah, abundance yeah, yeah. and community I have to say that usually we're kind of structure way we prepare our questions you, we, we make our research <laughs> well, but we, we, we just yeah definitely we just uh, went with it and uh, I think it went you couldn't, uh, you couldn't be in front of the rabbi without going <laughs> <in the middle. laughs> it's Yeah, yeah. It's a tsunami, I know. So thank you very much for it. And I know how important it, it is, especially because of the organization's work that I had a chance to do in the last seven, eight years. And um, I invite you to help us to, to grow our community in Israel and the you, United States. I told you, just tell States. me when and I'll be there. Okay, tomorrow at 10. If we plant at 10, we'll find another time. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, so thank you very much again. And I want to thank the Ariela House Radio and Studio in Tel Aviv for hosting us today. Um, our podcast will be uploaded to Spotify, Apple Music, and we will advertise it through the AFU 669 marketing channels. And thank you, Yoni. Thank you. If you uh, want to get our newsletter, the podcast episode, or to get involved, please join our mailing list or write us through our website at www.afu669.org. Thank you, Mike. Thank you very much. Thank you.